Suicide is a tough topic, but the Washington County Reach for Hope Suicide Prevention Coalition wants you to know that there is always hope. We are a caring community reaching out to provide compassion and hope for a community free of suicide. In the next half hour, we'll talk with community partners to identify risk factors, raise awareness, and discuss prevention strategies. Hello and welcome to another edition of Reach for Hope, where there's always hope. I'm Melissa Anderson. You know, who do you turn to when you have a crisis in your life or what many may have termed as a mental breakdown. Now, there's a new crisis stabilization center in Washington County, which is designed just for that and for other things, much more. With me today to talk about this pro- is the program manager or director of the Southwest Behavioral Health Center's Crisis Stabilization Center, which is located out in Hurricane. And your name is Chris Charter, correct? correct. Chris, thanks for joining me on the Thank show today. Thank you for today. having me. I appreciate it. This is such an exciting thing. We've talked about this before. Tell us about this center and why this is going to be key for problems that you're seeing in in the Southwest Behavioral Health Center as well as here in Washington County. Sure. Well, there's not a quick and easy description of it, but essentially it's a community center where we deal with people um, that are having mental health issues or substance use disorders, and they're seeking help. They're in active crisis, and they're looking to make a change. So um, family members can bring people in, uh, their loved ones or uh, family members, as well as we take law enforcement drop-offs. That's kind of our main client, but um, it's all about getting them stabilized, helping them in that immediacy of their crisis, and getting them engaged in community um, resources. Now, we had a picture of this. um, It's located out in Hurricane. Tell us a little Mm -hmm. bit about this um, uh, facility and who it houses and how it, how it can hold people too. Okay, so we're right next to the to the DMV. We're across their parking lot and uh, across. We're also kind of across from the county fairgrounds, but we we can help people in in any number of ways. We're partnered with. We're a Southwest Center. Uh, kind of entity. And so we have a lot of partners that we can get together with, as well as a lot of services through Southwest that we can we can offer to them. Now, tell me about your position and what you do. So uh, I'm the program director. Uh, I'm a psychiatric nurse practitioner. I, I went to school and I prescribe psychiatric medications, uh, medication-assisted uh, therapy for detox medications, and do a lot of psyche valves and med management for people. And how important is that when you're talking about, um, you know, therapies and medications? Well, I, you know, I mean, a lot of people it's would extremely say... extremely important. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> it's not one or the other, which we generally find. Therapy, yes, people can benefit from from just therapy. We've, we've seen that. But if there are medications with, with Southwest Center, we want people to engage in therapy and really get to the root uh, of some of their issues with substance use disorders and, and their mental health. So you talked a little bit about law enforcement coming in. Um, yes. Tell me a little bit about that and how who what clientele they would be bringing in. Well, so this is kind of a uh, if you a trident, if you will, a three pronged uh, diversion program for people. Um, so law enforcement interacts with people, and there's some officer discretion there. If they don't need to 
go to the jail, depending on the level of their charges. And if there's a, a kind of a nexus of mental health or substance abuse that's involved in those charges, they can bring them to us. And if the, the individual is willing to engage in treatment, then we can accept them into our facility. So that's, that's kind of the first part is diverting them from the jail. The second prong would be diverting them from the emergency room. Uh, people in crisis often go to the emergency room and they're they're not really appropriate to be uh, admitted into behavioral medicine. And so we're trying to reduce the number of people that are in crisis that end up kind of flooding the emergency room. So give me some examples. So this might be someone who might have an alcohol issue or a drug issue and might be going through... Um for lack of better words, withdrawals. Sure. Do they need to be, does it rise to the level where they need to be hospitalized for that? Is it something that they need to receive some medication management? And again, our hope is to get them involved in intensive outpatient uh, rehabilitation services, maybe inpatient, but therapy. And is there some med management that needs to occur there? So what happens to them then if they come in and and you bring them in and then you refer them off? Is that, where do they go? Well, let me, <laughs> let me address the last prong before, okay. but just before we move on. Okay. So when we're talking about diversion, so we're, we want to divert them from the jail. We want to divert them from the emergency room. And then we want to give them an opportunity to have those charges that they normally would have gone to jail on um, diverted. So we're working with the county attorney, Eric Clark has been great. And and if they're willing to stay and get engaged in treatment, then those charges can be reduced or, or essentially uh, go away. And and then after that, if if something they they can get the help through Southwest or or other mm-hmm. entities in the community, right. right? So they stay and they get involved with treatment. We report that to the court that they are actively working on on that treatment. Then that kind of resolves that issue. How successful is treatment for people? Do they have to have their minds made up to, to want this treatment? It, at most part, you talked about how people yeah. might be coming in volu- sure. on a volunteer basis. If they're not really wanting well, the, if to accept we, it. We, if they're not willing to, to say, yeah, I'm willing to engage, then we can't. That We're there to help people who want to be helped. And, and we will... Uh, we will try and give you the pros and cons of what that looks like. We, we want you to engage in treatment. We want you to get off the path of suffering that, that comes along with untreated mental illness or substance use disorders. And most of these substances cause or, or the issues are cause depression. And when you get well, out of that deep depression, how do you get out of that? Alcohol is a depressant. Yep. And, then you, and not only just depression, but psychosis that we see with some of the other substances with prescription drug abuse, opiates. Um, so how can we help you and give you this full wraparound service? And Southwest is, is great at that. Medication management, therapy, they offer a lot of different uh, possibilities for people. When they, when they have these thoughts of, oh, this is, I don't know where to turn. This is my last it thing to think about. That's where people end up with suicide ideology. Right. Um, and that's what we're here to, to express. And prevent. And, to, and prevent. <laughs> uh, how... How uh, how do you help them? Well, we ha- we'll have a therapist on staff, um, either in the building at all times or on call and available to come out. We'll have providers, uh, same thing, where we have somebody in the building or available to us, uh, n- full-time nursing staff, peer support uh, specialists. And so we're all very um, focused on helping the client. 
and, and ending that, that suicidal ideation. And you accept insurance, but what happens if they don't have it? So we do, we do accept insurance, but regardless, we want to help you. Now, when you come in, we may try and get you uh, Medicaid benefits, you know, get you signed up for that. But regardless, we're here to help you. And we're here to help the community. And this center isn't open yet, but it is kind of unique, especially in this area. Tell sure. me a little bit about how it's set up um, from the one side to the other. Okay, so it's the only one in southern Utah. There's a couple up north. And our building is really split into two parts. We have some 16-hour recliners. And that's where, once someone's admitted, that's where they go for the first 20 through. 23 hours that they're with us. And we just observe them, trying in their crisis, get them seen by a therapist, get them seen by nursing staff and a provider. And then we're also, you know, from the time that they come in, we're looking at resources that we can get them involved with and and help them in that direction. Now, if they stay longer than the 23 hours, then we have some additional housing that we can keep them in because really nobody's um, truly solved everything in 23, like right. 23 hours. So we want to, we want to get you engaged in services. And if we can do that in a few hours, that's great. But to expect that everybody's going to, you know, kind of be helped in 23 hours just isn't very realistic. So if they go to the other side in there, like kind of admitted into a bedroom or what, how, what happens there? Well, so then they still meet with therapists. They're still seen, seen by medical staff. And uh, that would, I, I kind of see that as maybe somebody who are waiting to get into an inpatient facility, whether it be mental health or a substance use uh, rehabilitation center. In other words, they, they are transitioned to somewhere else. Mm-hmm. How do they get? We call those the stabilization beds. Right. So how do they get from that point to the next point? You, you we, we figure out what is going to look best for them. And, you know, they're included in that planning. The individual is. And we make it happen. And we provide the transportation or we coordinate and we, we get them where they need to go. Kind of like a warm welcome to somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of a warm handoff. Is, warm handoff, yeah. Like, yeah. like we're going to take you from this environment that, that you know, we're, we're stabilizing you, and then we're going to give you the warm handoff to another entity so you can continue on that path of recovery. How much needed is this for the area? Right. I mean, obviously, since COVID, we've seen a lot of... Um, people kind of falling off after being isolated for so long. It probably didn't happen during COVID, but it happened afterwards for sure. Well, I think there's a lot of, you know, you mentioned uh, kind of the mental breakdown. I see it as more of an kind of emotional or mental crisis that they're going through, regardless of of whether it's substance use or or mental health. And so there's definitely a need within Washington County, but I, we really anticipate seeing individuals from other counties as well. I could see this as a regional uh, regional area for, for things, you know, and it's 24 mm-hmm. seven. So, you know, at any time people right. could be bringing people in from possibly even Cedar city right. or wherever. Right. And it's, but it's, again, it's completely voluntary. The The client has to want to engage in and receive help. Unless if they're brought in by law enforcement, well, correct? No, we, no we're, that's we're, voluntary too? Yes, that's voluntary. We, we're not a correctional facility. We're not a a uh, homeless shelter or we're, we're not even classified. We're as far as the state goes, we're classified as a residential support program. And so if people don't want to be there, or they want to leave. It is completely voluntary. Yeah. Now you mentioned earlier when I said something about a nervous breakdown, um, it's sometimes, you know, you sure. feel like, okay, I, I can't pay my bills. Inflation's high. 
Um, I'm working the hardest I can. You know, I broke up with my friend or whatever. Um, sure. There's so many things that play into this. Um, I call it stress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, but some people have more tools emotionally to, to handle stressful times, and, and some individuals don't. So you offer tools and, and ideas for them to Definitely. to be able to deal with and that. resources, just finding them a good fit to, to get them the help they need. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that you had so many chairs and so many beds. Mm -hmm. um, tell me a little bit about the how, how long of a stay they can stay in the bedside. So we keep that brief. That's usually reserved for people that we that are having, uh, we kind of know where they're going to go and where, when they're going to go. And we're going to try and limit that. We don't have a specific time frame, but we want to get them to the facility they need to be to if that's what it looks like or if we're waiting on housing somewhere. Um, the, the 16 recliners we have, those are 23 hour. They can't stay longer than that in, in that side of the building. Um, can youth come into this? Is this something no, this youth... is a strictly adult facility. St yeah. So mm -hmm. where do the youth go? Do you know? uh, I believe they have a youth crisis center uh, here yeah, in Washington County. Yeah, there is County. one still. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. um, so what advice then do you have for someone who might be looking into this to, I well, mean, how, do, how can they find out more information well, on uh, it? We're, we're working on a website right now, but currently uh, Southwest Behavioral Health Center has a website. I believe it's SBHC. Dot us, but you can always Google, you know, Southwest Behavioral Health Center. Uh, there will be a link on there to our facility when we have that um, developed. And really just, I, I guess my plea is, if you, if you don't see us, just get help somewhere, I, I think is the important takeaway. I'd like to go back and talk a little bit sure. more about your um, therapy techniques or things that people um, might use when they're trying to come out of uh, thoughts of suicide. Um, you mentioned medication and therapy, but what, what happens to those who might fall through the crack that that might... Do you, do you prescribe different medications if one doesn't work, or well, how do you? How it's do you? It's very individual how we prescribe medications. It's tailored to that client. Therapy is is much the same way, but we, you know we want to 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 have that person kind of come to us and be in a different, more positive environment. Have people that are willing to sit and talk with them and listen to their concerns and their crisis. Uh, I think is helpful. Um, and hopefully we can resolve that suicidal ideation. A lot of times it's hard for people to talk about their problems or their past. How do you get that out of them? Well, <laughs> I prescribe, so I don't. <laughs> we use yeah. therapy techniques, but I, I'm not a therapist or a clinician. And so it's important to have people that that's what their specialty is. And that's why we will have them available to us 24-7. So how many people will be working there and, and who will you be overseeing? Well, so as the as the as the Director, I'll be overseeing everyone, but we'll have registered nurses there. We anticipate probably four to six uh, full-time nurses. Uh, one, I think we're kind of looking at two full-time therapists. And then we also work very closely with the mobile crisis uh, team. Scott Corsi has been wonderful to work with and his team. They'll come out and provide um, peer support and therapists when our um therapist isn't there during, you know, they'll have regularly scheduled shifts, but we want someone available at all times. And so, because crisis doesn't really seem to take a break, you know, when it affects people and they need help and come in, we want to make sure we're available for them. Yeah. And there's always a trigger 
for for people, even with PTSD, that it happens when it happens, and sometimes you don't know when that's going to happen. Um, would would this be a, a place where maybe veterans with PTSD issues could come we, as well? If you're in if you're in mental health or substance use crisis and looking for some help, we're available. And did, I want to go back and talk about the word crisis because we keep sure. talking about it. But what is crisis? What do you how do you constitute what well, that is? I, we could say it's a stressful situation, uh, uh, emotions that you don't feel are too strong or powerful that you can't handle them, or you're having difficulty handling those emotions. So I think that's probably where I would go with crisis. Right. To um, the point of where you might be tipped off to to think about taking your own life. Uh, Yeah. But and not all crises are are suicidal. But if you're having difficulty with your mental health or if you're using substances and want want some assistance um, seeking treatment, we're there to help. How closely related um, do we see mental health issues with substance abuse? Uh, a lot, not not all, not all the time, but you know, of, oftentimes those do occur together, and so we would call that a dual diagnosis where there's mental health and substance use. But it kind of comes down to: was there substance use before mental health issues, or do there, are the mental health issues due to the substance use? And and that goes both ways as well. And that's where the where the either medication or um, therapy would come in. To, mm-hmm. to play. Um, so if someone was having, um, say, a crisis w- and they were inebriated mm-hmm. uh, and the police brought them in, uh, walk me through what would happen to that person if, if they were, would they be cut off from alcohol from then on? Or would they, I mean, you can't, that's a physical thing. Yeah, we're not serving alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the officer would show up uh, with the individual in the back of their cruiser. We'll do a brief interview, determine that they're willing to get engaged in some treatment, uh, bring them in, um, kind of... Uh, take them back into the 16-hour area, do a nursing assessment, a provider would see them, a a clinician would see them, kind of determine what the game plan is as far as, is this someone that needs medication-assisted treatment um, to prevent withdrawals or or, uh, alcohol withdrawal, since we're talking about alcohol in in particular? Um, Do they need some psychiatric medications? Do, are they are they willing to go and get engaged in intensive outpatient or or an inpatient rehabilitation center, and then hopefully we can keep them kind of within the family of Southwest Center. Um, they have a lot of services and resources uh, at hand to to help individuals. How important is family support um, when when you've got someone in there? Are they allowed to come and visit? Um, or not? No, there, there, there's no visitation. If the family member brings a loved one in and, and that loved one's willing to, if that client's willing to come in and, and get some assistance, but yeah, it's, it, there's, there's not a, a visitation portion of that. And, and again, we're trying to keep this extremely brief. So come in, try and figure out how we can help you and get you engaged in Thus that. Thus the words crisis stabilization yeah. center. We want to end your crisis stay, and increase your stabilization <laughs> and find out what we can do in the community to help you. So um, we've been waiting for this for like over a year, but it's really a great thing. Tell me about when you expect to possibly see it open. Well, we're hoping it's going to be in the next month, but I think we're probably looking at the end of May. And, and um, at that time, there'll probably be a big ribbon cutting and, 
and some mm-hmm. press But we releases. can't schedule that until we're ready to open the doors. Yeah. But yeah, there would definitely be. It, it, the building looks, as we looked at the picture, looks constructed, fully constructed, mm-hmm. but it's just some inside things they're, you're waiting for. Yeah, they're finishing up the inside things this week. I think we're getting some uh, blacktop on our parking lot next week. And then really the kind of the crux of all this, the holdup is some HVAC units for our roof. And as soon as we can have those... We're, we're ready to open. Well, we have to have air conditioning in, in the winter, yeah, in the summertime here. So yeah, I think people will be thankful for definitely. that. What else uh, would you like to say to anyone out there who might be struggling? Um, you know, you've been doing this a long time, so you're kind of a professional in that well, era of knowing how to do things. There's, there's resources available to you. This is a great community. Utah in general, I think, is pretty proactive, but Washington County... Uh, from, you know, the, the, the jail offers great mental health services. Um, everything that Southwest Center has, there's a lot of providers, um, family health care. There's just a lot in this area that's available to people that are struggling that need some assistance. So reach out to someone. It's available. Uh, we want to help. Yeah. And oftentimes it, it's that's the thing you need to tell them. We want to help you. There are people that care. Definitely. And a lot of times people don't feel that or see that. I can't. I, and maybe that's part, maybe that's something they're struggling with, with mm-hmm. but we're out there and we want to help. Yeah. So anything else you could say to, um, you know, encourage people to, you know, open up their minds uh, to, to reach out for that help, because that's what we're all about here is prevention. for Sure. For I, I really just think uh, you're going to have to put yourself out there a little bit to, to be willing to speak with someone to someone to address whatever you're going through. Um, sometimes maybe somebody reaches out for you or maybe someone else can assist you to our facility and we can take it from there. And maybe that first step is the hardest, but you don't have to stay on that path. There's yeah. there life's life's short and it should be beautiful. So right. And we've talked in the past about breaking the stigma and I think that we're doing a really good job of getting the word out that it's okay to not be okay. Agreed. And I think you're doing great work here and the prevention team at Southwest Center trying to trying to get the word out and again break that stigma of hey, if you need help and and you can't ask for it, do it. Yeah, and, and and encourage people that there's that tomorrow's another day. Agreed. Um, there's more to life than worry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe someone can't. Maybe they're maybe they're in a dark enough place that they don't reach out for help. But if you see somebody, I just lend them a hand. So yeah, it's great. Help them great, help them find some resources. Advice. They're out there. Yeah. Um, again, a website that somebody might want to go to to try to find yep. out information. Southwest Behavioral Health Center is where I would point them at this time while our uh, website's being developed. Yeah. Well, I just want to say thank you for all that Thank you for having me. And, it's been a pleasure. And, and, you know, this to me sounds like it's going to be a great um, asset to our community, to our law enforcement. And um, I'm sure that the law enforcement are looking forward to this too, because you don't want someone in jail that shouldn't be in jail. Right. It's they, they have a tough enough job dealing with the ones that should be <laughs> that are committing crimes. Yeah, we hope to be just another another resource that they that they have at their fingertips to to help people in the community. Will there be a tour or anything of this facility yes, prior when to we have it the, opening? Well when we have the ribbon cutting, um, there'll be a tour at 
that time that people can come in. And then I really anticipate having a law enforcement uh, specific day out there to get to get officers uh, to come in and just look around and see what it's really about. Speak with us and um, hopefully get a sense that um, they have people that that want to work closely with them and, and, and help the people in the community. Well, the governor came down here for the groundbreaking. So I imagine that he's thinking this is pretty important. That's, that's, I, I would, I think he does think it's important. <laughs> <laughs> and the sheriff, uh, he had a few words to say uh, during well, that too. What, what do you say about the sheriff? I mean, what a great guy and very engaged and really wants to make it. He's, he's been in, in law enforcement with the, with the sheriff's department out there for, you know, 20 plus years. And so I think he's um, really wanting to make a difference and see something like this help help the community, uh, help the jail staff out, and keep people out of out of the jail that don't need to be there. Yeah. Well, we all want to be in our proper places. Sure. <laughs> so I just want to say thanks again for, <laughs> no, for thank being you. in your proper place and <laughs> the years of experience that you have to lend to I this. Appreciate and, it. and I and I know that you guys are going to be successful in whatever you do out there. And we just look forward to this opening and having more um, communication and, and sending people out there and, and lending a hand as another resource for our community, exactly. especially during crisis time. So thank you so much much, Chris. Thank Chris you. Charter, Thanks you're going to be the program director out there. So <laughs> congratulations on that. And thank, thank you so much for all that you do. And, and again, um, just to let you know that, you know, it, it's, it's might not feel like it's that easy to reach out, but this is a place where anyone can reach out um, and get help when they need it. And so I'm looking forward to, to, to the success of the Crisis Stabilization Center when it opens, possibly in May. And remember, um, if you or someone you know needs help, just reach out and we have the 988 number as well as uh, Reach for Hope Utah. Thanks for watching. The Reach for Hope Coalition wants you to know that we care about you and we are here to help. If you or someone you know is thinking about suicide, reach out. You're not alone. To access resources for yourself or others, visit our webpage at reachforhopeutah.org. That's reach, the number four, hopeutah.org. If you are experiencing a crisis, please call or text the Suicide Crisis Lifeline at 988 because you matter and there is always hope. This has been a production from a podcast studio.